Kilda, New Zealand. Welcome to Sweet Chain Live. My name is Matt Drake, uh, and you're listening to episode 31 um, of Sweet Chain Live. I'm joined tonight by my co-host Andrew Fleming. Good day, everyone. Um, yep. So uh, just a wee bit about me. I did come onto the last last one two weeks ago, but I forgot to say a wee bit about me. So I started playing when the Queens Park course went in in Invercargill. That was about three and a half years ago, I think now. And so I started playing pretty consistently since then, got got hooked like everyone else. Um, then in my own life, I moved up the university to into Dunedin. So I'm now part of the Disc Golf Dunedin Club and recently became the chairperson. Um, I will be the assistant tour director for what will be probably seeing the biggest um, tournament on tour once again. We've just had 120 people already signed up. We're planning to get to 140. So that's going to be really cool. But I'm sure there'll be a couple of other tournaments that I want to try to break that as we all try to push each other further. Um, obviously, COVID's just hit. I'm now back in Invercargill and ready to go. Let's go, Matt. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and recently joined Team Sweet Chain at the beginning of this year as well. So uh, I've been doing doing some very sterling work down south um, uh, for Team Sweet Chain as well. So um, uh, what's on the agenda for today? Well, we've got some hot scores for you uh, in, a, in a moment. Uh, then, we're then we're going to talk to Tom Strawbridge um, from Nelson Disc Golf. And he's going to be talking to us uh, a little bit about all the work that's going on in Nelson Disc Golf uh, world um, and the improvements that they're um, hoping to make in the disc golf uh, community um, there. Uh, he'll stay around for Desert Island Disc Golf um, and our quick fire round. Um, and uh, after that, we're going to be we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the tour standings. Um, and so me and Andrew are going to be having a look at the um, latest T-pad results as we get very much into the business end of the season. We've only seven tour events still to go, I think. Seven, seven still to go, but still lots of movement that, that could happen. Um, we also want to talk uh, a little bit about, um, we have a statement from New Zealand Disc Golf um, in relation to the Redstone Armageddon, um, which is uh, fantastic news. Um, and we also uh, want to just um, have a little chat about some of the uh, um, responses to the COVID uh, lockdown that we find ourselves in right now. Um, without further ado, um, we'll go through the hot scores, starting as ever down in the South Island. Um, and I will preface this by saying that all the hot scores this week, um, any that were done in the last two days, have been omitted um, from our hot scores list. So starting down in Invercargill, uh, Ethan Stout with a hot round of 15 under par. It seems like every week I'm reading out his name. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to Dunedin and there's a four-way tie between Jake Brennan, Cameron Mackey, the man on my right, and Tom McKay, who all hit seven down um, in Dunedin. Needham um, shortly before um, it closed. Uh, Queenstown, Luke Bell hits 13 under par. Well done to Luke. Um, it's up at, up at Tucker Beach and Hemi Teofitu hits five under par. Uh, and across to Wanaka, um, Kyle Martin also hits five down um, at Ely Point. Uh, Jack Halliday hits the hot score at Lismore with three down. And across to Christchurch, uh, Gregor Brosnan for the second week in a row hits 13 under par for the hot round of the week. Um, and a tie at Queen's Park Reserve between Dwayne 92 and Jeremy Brockenshire, both hitting seven under par. Um, it's a familiar face in Willie T who hits six under a Brooker Ave in Christchurch. Um, and then up to the North Island, Andrew. 
All right, I'm going to start off in the capital. It's Team Sweet Chains, Brett Carlisle, going neg four at Berenpour. And he's quickly becoming an icon in New Zealand disc golf. It's my really, really, really cool boss and co-host, Matt Drake, shooting plus two at Hikuikui. Slow week there. <laughs> Across the Harcourt Park, Luke Cunningham shot a plus 14, and that's second to none. We move up the country. It's Team Sweet Chain again. Brock Fraser goes neg four at link later. And it's not very often that McLaren Falls comes out second best, but this week it was conquered. It did take the best player in the country. Jack O'Sullivan shooting a scorching hot course record neg 11. He's getting ready for the extreme coming up later on this this um, this That's year. Then moving up to the big smoke, the El Presidente was the number one at the Woodhill Red Tees. Alan Gorthy shot a neg four. And Chris Chaos, this golf's premier supervillain, shot a super neg five at Henderson. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, negative uh, 11 down at McLaren. Like, who even yep, does that's that? That's crazy. That's just ludicrous, um, quite frankly. I've played anyway. there. It's the one, one course I've played in the North Island, and I got really, 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 really beaten up. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, broke I broke my spirit. I thought I could have died out there, honestly. It was that bad. <laughs> Every week I'm reading out scores of even, plus four, plus two, you know, all that kind of stuff. Negative 11 is outrageous. Anyway, uh, down to Struggle Street, uh, which which saw round two of the sanctioned league down at the Struggle Street meltdown. And this week it was a 9.45 rated neg six for Hemi Tefitu, um, who takes out the win this week. So uh, well done to Hemi. Uh, closely followed, he beats Morgan uh, Hartfell by a stroke and beats Chris Dixon and Kyle Jolly by Two. Um, so that's on week two. Oh, fingers crossed they um, they they, they managed to um, carry on and, and make the most of that league. It, it really is a good bit of fun down there. Um, some other results uh, from Rapture, which happened at the weekend here in the capital. Um, we had 50 people out at Harcourt Park playing a, um, a kind of a hybrid Harcourt Park slash California Park layout, the same California nine that will be fingers crossed used for fault line um, in a week or so. Um, it was random doubles in the morning and the random number generator picked out Andy Davey and Jack Mocker as a pair. Uh, needless to say, they went on to um, uh, score a six under par and did very well. Um, uh, but they were tied with... Um, uh, uh, local Scott Woodhouse, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, and Zion Perham, who um, very very uh, new player um, to to disc golf as well. So so well done to them. Um, in the singles, which happened in the afternoon uh, in MA one, uh, Phil McLeod um, hit plus two and beat out Chris Houston in second place, who hit plus five. In FPO, uh, Minky Vorster took out the title with a plus six, um, beating out Nikki Boats on plus nine. And in MPO. Uh, it was Andy Davey again with five under par, and he beat out Team Sweet Chains' Francis Orange, who hit three under par for second place. Now, um, my guest, or our guest uh, tonight, um, is Tom Strawbridge um, from Nelson Disc Golf. Um, so let's introduce Tom. Good evening, Tom. How are we? Very good. How are you? Very good. Very good. Very good. Somewhat living excellent. the dream. <laughs> excellent. Well, well, somewhat is is good enough in these in these times. Um, we'll we'll start off. Um, I I got a quick question. Tell us a little bit about 
Nelson Discoff, the situation it's in now, where you where you've kind of maybe picked it up from, and and, and the process you're currently going through. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So I lived in Queenstown from probably 2013 through about 2017, I think. And I didn't even know what disc golf was. And then um, I was just, I got introduced to it. And then I was, you know, six pack of beer and one Frisbee. And that was me most days after work. And then, so I came back to Nelson, not really knowing what the situation was. And then um, there was a bunch of uh, old boys, as they call themselves. And they'd go around on a sad day in Isle Park and go for the trees and things like that. And so I straight away joined in and started getting things going. And then I sort of um, seen Isle Park because obviously there's, there's a, there is baskets there. There's nine baskets. You obviously use poles and trees as well. Um, but, yeah, I sort of was like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is a pretty awesome sport. And then just in the last couple of years, um, myself and another guy, Ruben Cossey, um, who now actually lives in Tapuki up by Tauranga there. Um, we sort of was like, right, let's get things going, you know, let's get courses in the ground. Because um, Isle Park's actually part of the parks and um, it's one of the seven gardens in Nelson. And so it is quite busy with people and, you know, dog walkers and things like that. So um, we sort of started looking at doing things and um, with the helps of Hayden Shaw from Dish Shop, um, he actually lent us nine baskets, um, which we were able to do pop-ups with. And so the first one we did was Redstone, um, which is a golf course about 45 minutes outside of Nelson. Um, really amazing spot. Uh, oh, it's gone. Some some of that famous Nelson internet. That's oh, no. Are you there? Yeah, we're still here. Ah, good. We've got you back. Lovely. Am I am I still here? You are yeah, still good. here. I'm good. Okay. Matt Matt's frozen, but <laughs> here we go. Um, but yeah, so we started picking it up, and then um, there was a um, there's a few things that happened. But um, basically, I've since Ruben's left, I've just tried to ramp it up with the helps of um, a few other people. Ben Cooper being one real estate agent here down in Nelson. Um, he's he's been amazing. Um, he's done you know for all the meetings and whatnot. He's been on the minutes and everything, and just trying to really get it going. And you know, because people look at Nelson and think, okay, there's no disc golf there. So um, yeah, we our goal was sort of you know a couple of courses in the ground to start off with, and then build it, build it up, and then people would come to Nelson and think, yeah, let's do disc golf. You know, let's go to Nelson on our road trip. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think lately you've had a couple more pop-ups. I think the Brantford Bash. Talk about yeah. getting those. Um... Yeah, so we started a um, – so we wanted to do basically raise some money to get courses in the ground because um, we've spoken to the council and whatnot. And so basically our first few moves were like, right, let's get the Facebook app page up and going. Um, and it was actually worked out all right because um, part of the – one of the members of the club, uh, Durand, he um, is a website designer. <laughs> and so within the first week, we were able to get a website, a Facebook page, and an Instagram page. Um, and because, I don't know if you guys watch rugby, but um, Nelson's more known as Tasman. So with their wider region, like the Tasman Marcos, fins up. Um, and so, yeah, we've got Nelson Tasman Disc Golf. 
because um, because there's two councils, um, Nelson and Tasman Dis District Council. So that's basic to working with them. So if you're on Facebook or anything, feel free to hit us up a like. That would be amazing. Um, or the website, Nelson Tasman Disc Golf. Um, but yeah, and then basically it's just get it going. And so we did, uh, we're doing a winter try series, which is basically to try and open it up for Nelson um, a wee bit more. We'd had the first one, which is in Bramford Park, called the Bramford Bash. That happened uh, three weekends ago. And we got about 30, 32 people, correct me if I'm wrong, along there. Yeah. We had Ashton come up from Christchurch, which was awesome. Um, and then we had three, four guys from Westport as well. So, yeah, when our main our main target market for these Winter Try series is locals to get mm -hmm. you know beginners involved and actually start growing the sport with the locals. Um, but by all means, if people want to make the travel, you can stay at my place. I've got a spare bed. Go for it. It'd be awesome to have you all here. Mm. Um, so the next one, you'll obviously see it on the Facebook page, but is, well, COVID-dependent <laughs> uh, the end of this month. Uh, start will start of September, end of this month, start of September. Um, that's out at Saxons Field, which intertwines with both the councils, as we were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is at the end of September, which um, the first day will be um, part of the PDGA tournament that Hayden's hosting out at Redstone, but it will also be part of our Winter Try Series for the first day. And then people can upgrade to the two-day event if they'd like to. But yeah, hopefully, you know, if we get, you know, people such as Jacko and Justin and things like that down, um, then, you know, some of the locals can just do the first day and see what it's about and then, you know, watch some of the big guns on the Sunday. For sure. And I mean, you're a bit of a big gun yourself, I hear. <laughs> Newly crowned Brentford Bash champion. Yes. Yeah, I was I was pretty stoked to walk away with that. Um, it was a pretty interesting battle um, with... There was Ashton and another guy, local guy, Andrew Shepard. And we were neck and neck pretty much the whole way. I was two shots behind Ashton after the first round and one shot behind Andrew. And then, yeah, it was literally just chopping and changing the whole time. Um, but, yeah, I ended up walking away with it, which I was pretty stoked with because Ashton is no no tough man, that's for sure. Well, no tough. <laughs> it's a tough effort. <laughs> what was the um, key to your success? Key to my success. Keep it calm. And the beers at halftime helped because it's not PDGA. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about keeping it calm there. Um, I first sort of was aware of you, and you've frozen again, I think, but you might oh. still be there, hopefully. Um, yeah. uh, and at the Middle Earth Open, where you shot very well in the first two rounds to make the lead card for the, for the, for the Sunday morning round. Yeah. Um, and which was filmed. Um, yeah. And I just wanted to know, like, what you felt going into that. I mean, you, you may not have been thinking to yourself, oh, I'm going to be filmed this weekend. So, I, I mean, I don't know. You might might well have done. But, um, you know, how, how was that? How did you how did you feel about that kind of finishing Saturday going, all right, this is, I'm, I'm going to be on yeah. camera? Yeah, it was. So I'd actually started a week earlier um, when... Hayden from Dish Shop, because I used to be a part of Team Dish Shop, and Hayden actually asked um, me or Ruben, Ruben at the time was a part of Team Dish Shop as well, if we wanted to be on the feature card. 
and I said, oh, Ruben, you go ahead, mate. Um, you know, you you go for it. I'll just, I'll just sit in the background. You were right. Mm-hmm. And Ruben commented back. Well, he said back to me, he's just like, well, do you just make lead card then? And I was like, <laughs> oh, give it a crack. And then, <laughs> yeah. And so sort of, uh, you know, I finished the first round. I was like, okay, sweet. Not bad. I think I was sitting about 11th or 12th, I think. And then I was like, yeah, I'll give it a crack. And then I, my goal was bogey-free. I said, I don't care yeah. what I shoot. Good, just bogey-free. Um, like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a huge arm. So, you know, some of those holes were quite big for me. But I was like, bogey-free and I'll be happy. And I ended up shooting, a, I think it was a six-down bogey-free. Um, and then that shot me into the league card on the Sunday and not going to lie, I was shooting myself. I didn't sleep much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I sort of turned up on the Sunday and I was like, right, just play it like it's a normal round kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And so I, the first hole I was, was like, right, just do what you do and throw your shot. And then I made the part that hit the very top of the basket and I was like, oh, here we go. This is a great start. Um, <laughs> thinking it would bounce out, but not nah, stayed in there. And then I was, I was sweet. I kept my calm. And then the 18th hole coming down that hill and seeing everyone mm. around the basket yep. that, yeah, that blew out for me. Eh? It was a misfire, misfire, a kind of misfire. And then, yeah, a horrible part that we don't, we don't like talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was an incredible round to cover. I really enjoyed really enjoyed it, and uh, really enjoyed watching you play as well. So, um, what should, what would be your words of advice for anybody who finds themselves in front of the camera and perhaps they're not expecting it? Um, what 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 advice would you give them? Take your time. Take yeah. all the time you need. Like even if, mm. like Chris and Gwen, they do an amazing job, and the footage is unbelievable. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah, totally. But like you know, if if Chris is up top or in a view you know just talk to Gwen and you know just talk to them and say hey look do you mind if you move just slightly to the left and they'll Mm. do that happily and I did that probably three or four times and it was just just like he wasn't right in my sight but I could see him in the background and you know Mm. um and so yeah take your time would be my biggest thing from the first time I was actually meant to be on flex line this weekend for the Charteris Bay charge um but COVID flunked that one out. So, mm. um, but yeah, I was I was pretty excited. Um, yeah, it's like I said, flex lines footage is unbelievable to yeah, get in totally. to, get, to get that coverage um, in New Zealand. That's you know everyone watches Jomi's Pro and Spin TV and that, but get on flex line if you haven't already. Oh, totally, and the the quality of the output is is is, is up where, up there with um, yeah. with those certainly visually it's uh, it's it's up there with the with with the pros in the US. Um, and yeah, so go head on to Flexline Media's YouTube uh, page, give it a like and a subscribe, and actually go back and watch that Middle Earth Open um, uh, fight lead card where you'll see Tom Strawberry battle it out um, in the hills of. Don't Bermuda. watch whole eighteen. <laughs> yeah, maybe pause it at the end of that. Pause it at whole eighteen. Um, we'll be good. <laughs> Excellent. Now, um, Tom, we've got we want to do a desert island disc golf with you now, uh, if yep. we may. So now, to make it a bit easier to see what your what discs you're showing us, um, we'll switch to this view. Um, so the 
you know the premise. Uh, you're stranded on a desert island. Fortunately, there's a disc golf course on this desert island, um, and you've got three discs with you and three card mates who have uh, who have joined you uh, stranded as well. So, what are you throwing? Hello. Are we there? Yeah. Okay. I I blanked out. Eh. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll move on to Desert Island Disc Golf. I'm not going to yeah. go through the premise again. You all know that. Yeah, um, no, right. give, give us, give us the, uh, give us the three discs that, um, that you're throwing. Ah, uh, so three discs. If you know me, then you know I like my pigs quite a bit. Um, okay. there's, there's quite the collection in the garage, which is actually getting <laughs> absurd a wee bit, I must say. Um, but this one here is my oldest pig. Um, I've had it. Paul Child from when he while well, he lived in Queenstown, he actually introduced me to the pig. And I went down to Small Planet and I said, Yeah, I'll buy one. Um, and so Ryan hooked me up. And this one's my oldest one, and it's does everything I need, whether it's you know, tight wooded coal, just a wee upshot. Um, flicking, I've started to flick these days. So I never, never used to flick pigs, but sort of trained myself too. And they this one flips up perfectly. Um, if you do have any beat up pigs, because this one is well beat up, um, then feel free to hit me up. I'm I'm never afraid of having more pigs in my bag. <laughs> I'm not like Ricky. I don't have about six in my bag though. Just just four, I think. But yeah, pig pig for me all day, all day every day. It's a, it, it's a very popular disc. Uh, Andrew, you for a pig, eh? That's uh, that's I love one it. of yours. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, good stuff. Four or five. I think definitely, definitely one of the most underrated discs. Um, until Ricky sort of, when Ricky moved to Anova, that's when people started throwing it, mm. and that's when people started realizing. But, yeah. Um, okay, so what's your mid range? Mid range, um, Avery Jenkins Tour Series Rock Three. Um, yeah, yeah. Staple, staple in my bag fights me out of anything whether it's you know headwind heroine helps me with anything um I'd, i wouldn't say it's a huge beginner disc if you're never throwing a frisbee before i'd lean mm -hmm. towards more like a mako three but you know i i threw one in my bag pretty much once i started buying more than one frisbee and i lost a six pack of beer as well um <laughs> but yeah the rock three i have about three of them in my bag and they're a staple they help me out any sort of wind, any sort of conditions, uphill, downhill, you know, beautiful disc. Every so, so the fact that it's a tour series would make it more stable, and the fact that it's is that glow plastic that would yeah, make it more stable plastic. as well. This one's slightly more overstable. I've got a metal flake rock three in my bag, mm -hmm. um, and that one's sort of my stable, you know, straight. Um, whereas this one's slightly more overstable and fights the fights the headwind way bit more. Yeah, um, but yeah. It's bloody beautiful disc. Um, and then it was a toss-up between a Shrike or a Thunderbird, um, but I've gone my Madison Walker Tour Series Thunderbird. Um, Very nice. Yeah. Forehands, backhands, anything you want. Um, mm -hmm. had, had a couple aces with this, and, yeah, I don't want to lose it, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> if I lose it, I think I'll be devastated. Um, so fun, Thunderbirds are speed nine, is that right? Nine, nine. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nine, four, zero, oh, and two. 
Mm -hmm. I'm guessing Bray Marsden will pop up on the comments shortly and correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, so pretty utility for someone of your experience, right? That's going to be, you're going to be able to change your release angle and yeah, that's going to be able to do a lot of different shapes for you. I come from a baseball softball background. Um, so mm -hmm. flex for me was, was actually Hemi Tiafa too. Um, he's like, if you want to ever improve, stop throwing forehands. <laughs> And I was like, all right, sweet, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, but, yeah, started throwing more backhands, and then the Thunderbird started coming into the bag, and uh, there's four of them in my bag at the moment. Oh, wow. Uh, so your bag's just Thunderbirds, Rocks, and Pegs? Uh, that, pretty much it. <laughs> destroyers. It's all Anova. Um, yep. Yeah, Anova plastic for me is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the feel of it, everything about it. Um, I don't think I'll ever, yeah, unless, you know, something happens and I end up getting sponsored or anything like that. But let's hope that's an over. Good stuff. Good stuff. Your pitch is frozen again. This is great. I, I, I hope that you're still um, audibly there. Um, we are. Um... So how does how does that work? Like I just stream <laughs> TV. I don't understand. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so you're um, the free card mates who who are with you. Who are you playing with? Um, the man that introduced me to disc golf, Hemi Chiafatu, hands mm -hmm. down. Um, his experience, his you know, passion for the game and everything. He introduced me. He got me off my one disc and my six pack of beer, um, and turned <laughs> me into an addict of discs. And my partner hates me buying discs now. Um, <laughs> But yeah, nah, Hemi, Hemi for sure. He's he was he taught me. It was pretty much every day after work. I was meeting him for a round of disc golf in the gardens. So fantastic. Um, next one, Ruben Cossey. Um, me and him sort of strive together to get Nelson going. Um, and it was always awesome battles with me and him. Um, he still hasn't beaten me in a tournament, so I'd just like to put that one out there. Okay, all right. Um, I hope he's watching. <laughs> um but yeah no nah, awesome card mate yeah amazing stuff great guy um next one i'm gonna go up your ways actually i'm gonna go mitch hudson oh very good yeah yeah that guy's a legend he yeah his passion his enthusiasm everything about it um yeah, can attest to that I think I think everyone can agree whether he's putting up happy high attempts for events or anything like that. He is he is a hundred percent disc golf. Eh? Mm, totally. Um, totally. And then I'm lucky enough since I started or since I had my first PDGA tournament last year, I've been on his card three times now. I think. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, no, nah, he's awesome. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Love love playing around with Mitch. That's, that's a good choice and a great card. Very very good. Excellent. Right. We're going to move on to our, our quick fire round. Um, so the front nine is the family friendly front nine. Um, you know the questions already. Um, I'm going to go through those. And then um, Andrew's got a uh, beastly safari back nine for you. Um, oh, this all that quick fire answer as quick as you can. Um, so here we go. Are you ready? Yes. Ready. Okay. What's your name? Tom. Tommy. Where were you born? Nelson, New Zealand. Where do you live now? Nelson, New Zealand. What's your PDJ number? 143686. How many years have you been playing? 
competitively or non-competitively? Uh, all competitively. All competitively. Uh, I'll be, be seven years casually, probably two competitively. Oh, wow. Okay. Favourite disc? Oh, Peggy. Favourite course? Queenstown Gardens. Lovely. Favourite MPO player? Paul Macbeth. Favourite FPO player? Paige Pierce. Lovely stuff. Excellent. Andrew? All right, we're going to start off the back nine with a, a guest question. I've just seen him. He's putting in a wee this or that. Heineken or Tassie Bitter? <laughs> Tassie Lager, he means. Uh, Heineken. Sweet. Sun or snow? Sun. Brain or brawn? Brawn. Batman or Superman? Oh, I'd love to say neither. Uh, Superman? Meat or veg? Meat. Work hard or play hard? Work hard. <laughs> Turbo or scuba? Scuba. Woods golf or open golf? Woods. And I think it'll finish a birdie and a bogey or two pars? Two pars. Gets your confidence up. That's for sure. No mistakes. Bogey, bro, bogey brings it down. Bogey free golf. Very good. Abs absolutely agree. And uh, so, look, thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. Um, that's been it's been great fun um, hearing about um, everything that's been going down in Nelson. And so, if anyone's in Nelson over the next or oh, whenever, really, uh, give Tom uh, a message, and I'm sure that he'll uh, he'll introduce you to the local courses. Um, and if you can get to uh, the uh, Armageddon uh, Disc Golf Festival at the end of September, then do so. Um, and if you can, also, there's two more events in the Tri-Series. Is that right, Tom? Are we there? Yeah. Yeah, we're still there. There's 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 two more events in the Tri-Series. Is that right? Yeah. So there's Saxon's Field, um, which is mm -hmm. Saxon's Sling, uh, 4th of September. Mm -hmm. It's on a Saturday. Um, and then the Bramford Bay, uh, sorry, the Redstone which is obviously tied in with Hayden's PDGA tournament, um, which Fantastic. is awesome. But yeah, if you if you jump on Nelson Tasman Disc Golf Facebook page or Instagram um, or the website, that'd be awesome. Um, and yeah, you know, if you've got any questions or you need a place to stay, um, I've got a front yard full of tents that you can use or a bed or a couch. Always welcome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Look, Tom, thank, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. And uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. No worries. Cheers, guys. As always, much love. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Tom. Bye-bye. Uh, that was Tom Strawbridge there doing some great work uh, down in Nelson or up in Nelson, depending on where you are. And um, uh, and has getting causes in the ground. That's uh, we, we, we speak about it, but that's that's got to be one of the most important parts um, of the work that anybody does in the disc golf world is, is, is getting courses in the ground. Build it and they will come. Um, okay, so now we um, staying on the subject of Nelson Disc Golf, um, we reached out uh, a week or so ago um, to um, NZDG um, to see if we could get someone on the show. Uh, unfortunately, we can't 
get anyone on the show at this stage. Um, however, we did get a statement um, from them um, in regards to the Armageddon tournament, um, which we'd like to talk you through. And uh, yeah, um, Andrew, uh, you were the one who who set this up. So do you want to take it away? Yeah, so I just had a quick quick message to Robert, our new tour director, and he um, said a few things, because obviously a couple couple rumours have been circulating in the last couple of weeks, and we tried to get them clarified for everyone. Uh, so the first thing is this um, event has come onto the tour six or seven weeks before it started, and for some that seems a bit weird. So uh, as Robert's pointed out, in the um, New Zealand disc golf tour policy you can find that on their website there is no outline to how close to the event it can get included in the new zealand disc golf tour so this is i guess a way so that any tournament just like nelson can pop something up and bring disc golf to their um, region as easily as possible yeah um and then the second thing oh you go back I, I was going to say. I mean, we that that's what we want, right? We want we want we don't want to discourage people from from having tour events simply because the season started. So, yeah. What else? What else did he say? I think the second big thing that was coming out of it was that there was no pro divisions. So I talked to a couple of people, and this used to not be a too big of a problem a few years ago. Um, lots of the tournaments would just have advanced as their top division, but mm-hmm. then. I think we got in a wee bit of trouble with uh, uh, the PDGA, and so we've had to sort that out a wee bit. Now, the problem with having just no pro division, that no um, MPO kind of thing, or no FPO, is that some people can't play. So for in the Nelson Armageddon's mm. example, people like Jacko, Connor, Mikey and Ethan, uh, um, Ethan Stout, they would not be able to play the tournament. So... Initially, that seems not very fair. You know, they want to get their tour points. They want to go up that tour point to the top of the ladder. And ju- sorry, just to just to um, in- interrupt you there. The reason for that, let's just go through it, just in case there's anybody listening who who is unsure why those players wouldn't be able to play. It's to do with the fact that they've taken cash in the past um, in pro in pro events, and their rating is high enough. Um, that the PGA have said, look, if you've taken pro, if you've taken cash in pro divisions in the past, um, and your rating is above a certain number, I think it's nine seventy. Is that right? Yeah. Um, then you are not able. Um, you're not allowed to play in amateur divisions in the future. If your rating is below nine seventy, you're all good. Now in the states, that probably that does affect far more players than um, than New Zealand. However, it's it, it's starting to affect players here. Yeah, so Roberts's reply, and I'll quote this word for word, the exclusion of pro divisions was something I or the board wasn't aware of until the event registration was already published and it was brought to my attention by others. I contacted Hayden about this and he said that he was happy to add other divisions if anyone else wanted to play that could not. So now, if you go onto the registration page, which I believe is done through Disc Shop, I don't know if mm-hmm. you can get there straight away. Otherwise, you can go through the Facebook event that's up. Mm-hmm. It just says um, something there that if you want to request a different division, so FBO or MPO, you can do that. And I think that just is nice to bring that, um, that equity, that fairness back to the talk. 
Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. Excellent. And it was nice to hear from um, NZDG as well. Um, uh, albeit in a statement, we'd love to get one of the, one of the board members on the show in a, in a few weeks time, perhaps. Um, so staying with the tour, um, there are seven tour events left with the inclusion of uh, the um, Nelson Armageddon um, that are left in the season. Um, they're all 50 pointers with the exception of one, which is uh, North Island champs, which is a 60 pointer, um, which is the penultimate event of the season um, in the last weekend of October, I believe. Um, so let's have a look at the tour standings and let's see um, what we're looking at in terms of leaders and and, and how this is all going to play out. Um, I've got T-pad here ready to go. So... Um, yeah, there's the there's the top. Uh, let's get the top twenty players uh, in the current standings. Now, for anyone who's um, who's who's unfamiliar with the way the New Zealand Tour uh, works, um, there's twenty uh, two events uh, now um, on the tour. Um, they're worth a either um, forty points, fifty points, or sixty points maximum. Um, and the winner of each event takes out the fifty. For, uh, typically, um, or sixty points if that's available, or sometimes forty if it's uh, if it's if it's a smaller event, um, and then the players after that are given points less than that number, depending on how they finished in relation to the leader. Okay, um, that goes on for the whole season, and then the best six scores from each player are um, summed. And then you get the the figure at the end here. So Jackson Sullivan is leading the way. Um, he's got six tournaments um, that he's um, that he's um, played, and uh, has totaled three hundred and thirteen points. Ben Wheellake is uh, has also played um, six, um, and is in second place. Stephen Reed um, in um, uh, third place, um, and then Logan Gillard um, in fourth. Now, yeah. if we go to um, this is the open division, by the way. I've just got the open uh, division, and yeah, I'm I'm being asked to uh, to change it to overall, um, which is fair. Um, there we go, Mikey. So, uh, Mikey using second place, I should say, um, with uh, with two ninety eight points, uh, fifteen points short of of Jackson. Now, in sixth place um, is Justin Workman. Now, Justin's only um, uh, clocked up five events so far and is in sixth place. Um, and we've been doing a little bit of maths thanks to the um, data analysis team here at Sweet Chain Live. Um, and they've been uh, they've been crunching the numbers. And they tell us that if Justin scores um, 44 points in any of the last two, uh, last seven events, of which he's registered for two, one of which is the 60-pointer uh, uh, with the... Um, the big star at it round twenty. You can see on here it's actually round twenty one, um, but the, with the with the star on it. Um, that's North Island champs, and if he can score forty four points or more, he'll overtake Jackson as Jackson's current score is. Now Jackson can go up by um, by a maximum of twelve eleven and a half points, I should say, if he wins North Island champs, and um, that will take that will remove his score from round twelve. Um, this one here from uh, the Topol Classic. So, um, if if Jackson wins uh, nationals, he'll that he'll get a sixty in this, 
um, in this in this box, which will um, make this one go away, and he'll score uh, 12 points there. So if Justin scores 56 points or more at um, North Island Champs, then the title's probably his. Would you agree? Is that mass? That seems right, doesn't it? Uh, I think there is a way, and I've, I've, talk, I've talked to Jacko and I think a couple others on just on Facebook, that it really is, it involves Jacko shutting out Justin for the rest of the year. So that means that um, the extreme, which they're both registered for mm-hmm. and for at the North Islands. Um, so I guess put in the comments who you think's going to top the tour. Um, mm-hmm. If you think there's a wild card, I don't think it's mathematically possible for anybody else. But um, Jacko or Justin, oh. who's going to win? Who do you reckon, Matt? Well, I've um, I. I, I think Justin's going to win. Um, I think that the odds are in his favour and he's favourite at the moment. Mikey's come back with a, you can only two majors can count. Um, so in which case round one would would drop, which means that he's got a six point, five and a half point lead, or sorry, four and a half points that he can, he can go up there. Um, no more than two, Ryan's come in and, and confirmed that. So thank you very much for confirming that. So what that means is that actually if Justin scores uh, 44 plus um, four and a half, if he scores 49 points or more um, in either of the last two events, so if he takes out the extreme and wins the extreme, he'll take 50 points. Or if he takes more than 49 points at North Island Champs, then there's a then he'll 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 win the title. Otherwise, it looks like it's going to go um, to Jackson. Um, given that Jackson can improve on that forty eight point six if he wins at um, at uh, Todonga, um, and can and can push that fifty five up to a sixty if he wins at North Island Chance. It's going to be fascinating between those two. I think that's a really really um, interesting battle. Um, there's also a battle going on for uh, third place. Um, between Mikey Yu and uh, Ben Wheellake. Um both both have a uh, a little bit to give in in the rounds that that are counting. Um, if Mikey Yu can put on a show at um, at one of the, I mean, he's got a, there's a couple still in South Island. I expect him to be attending. Sorry, Mikey, I don't know which ones you're going to, but I'd, I'd expect him to be at Christchurch and Moonbase at the very least. Um, he's got a 46 there that can be removed, um, and Ben Willake's got some wriggle room to try and get the Queenstown Classic off his record as well. So uh, again, um, the, the the two left in in the South Island, I'd expect him to take out. Any any thoughts, Andrew, on the on those? I think you've you've forgotten someone who I think will come third. Um, okay. Young young Levi Stout. Oh, uh, he, Levi's currently in ninth place, but he's only oh. played five events as well. So oh, I think you do know what? I've missed him. Sorry, I Levi. I think there's <laughs> the he's playing the Twizel. He likes to go to Twizel, and he'll go up to North Islands. So North Islands shouldn't make too much of a change to him because he can't take mm-hmm. three majors. But if he t- does well at Twizel, when let's say he shoots. Well, at least 45, that would put him up to uh, 310, if my maths is right, which would put wow. him pretty comfortably in what is second place, but probably would be third place. So that would yeah. be my shout for third. Yeah. So so this is interesting. Um, and, and sorry, listeners, we should have done this homework a little bit earlier. Um, but Ethan Stout's come in and just pointed out that Justin's already taken two 60-pointers from majors. So 
it doesn't matter what his score at North Island Champs is because he's already got the 260s from there and he can't add another, right? So North Island Champs now doesn't become a thing. But what it, what it what all that does mean that is if he if he wins Todonga, then he takes it out, right? Um, I I think is is probably is probably fair. That would put him on three nineteen, um, and would mean that uh, that Jackson had six points to catch up, which I guess mathematically could be could be done, but would be but would be difficult. And perhaps in a couple of rounds time, we'll know a little bit more. Um, yeah, and and though. Justin's third major doesn't count for him. It will affect Jekko. So if he can stop Jekko getting the 60 totally. points, that will actually mm. help him. As yeah. Ethan's just up saying now. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, a, a great example of how fascinating this is going to be going into the final seven rounds. And we're going to be following this um, very closely. Um, the, the next uh, tournament, of course, is Faultline Fury, which, fingers crossed, will get some good news tomorrow and we'll be going ahead in uh, Wellington in a week, just over a week's time, um, a week on Saturday. Um, and so that's going to see a, a lot of the a lot of North Island players playing in that. I know Jackson's playing in that, so he'll have an opportunity to uh, bump one of uh, his forty eight up to um, up to a fifty. Then, and he'll certainly be one of the favourites going into that tournament. We'll talk a little bit late, a little bit more if it does go ahead, or if it is looking like it's going ahead. We'll be doing our picks for the um, Faultline Fury uh, next week. So uh, listen out for that and send through your picks um, uh, beforehand, so we can we can we can see how they compare. Um, looking at the other divisions, um, let's just have a quick look at. Um, let's just have a quick look. You got to scroll past. I yeah, my name's in there somewhere, nearly there. Uh, in the women's division, it looks like Leanna's going to be taking this this one out um, and has a comfortable lead over Haley. Um, although Haley's got some room to move, I'm sure she'll want to take the the Timaru score off her off her card with uh, with. Um, uh, a performance in the last um in the last seven events um so there is still some chance of some movement if she can uh, if she can make some moves there yeah you can't rule anything out with Haley. i remember remember last year at the lisbon when she was leading the pack she shot something like a 14 under that was crazy and yeah showing all the rest of us how it's done mm. Mm. what i what i'm really in, um what I'm really impressed with is uh, is is the depth of the ladies' field. Like it just keeps going, which is which is fantastic. And a, and a name that I, I expect to be on the on the list for next year actually um, is um, this lady here, Eilish Kumak. She's played fantastically um, very recently, and is, is only getting better. So uh, look out for for Eilish in in, in the coming years. Um, over to Masters, and it looks like um, Mikey is going to take this title out in the way that um, uh, that this T pad works is that whether you've played masters or not um your age dictates which uh, which division you're in um so mikey's in the masters division and looks like he's got a healthy lead there which uh, we expect him to maintain um although hemi will probably jump up quite a bit if he can uh, if he can ditch that 2.6 off um off his record with the next round um, uh, looking at women's masters, it's Team Sweet Chains Liz Mocker who's got a lead here. Um, and uh, if fault line goes ahead, which I really hope it does, then she's got a very good chance of length of uh, lengthening that lead um, in a week or two. Uh, and looking down to grandmasters, um, Dom Hayden's got a lead over Simon Feezy. That um, looks uh, that looks a little bit odd, but Simon does have this two point five on his record, which we fully expect him to um, uh, to to. Rem to remove um, with one of the upcoming tournaments, no least North Island champs at the end of the year. 
Um, excellent. Any any further thoughts on the uh, New Zealand tour there, Andrew? Yeah, well, I'll just quickly go through the who else is leading their divisions. We've got Robin Agnew and Women Grandmasters, um, Senior Grandmasters Chris Sinai, uh, Women Senior Grandmasters Jennifer Joint, Juniors, the young gun Levi Stout coming off mm-hmm. his Tucker Beach Rush win. And then in the Legends, it's Peter Pritchard, um, currently got a small eight. A uh, small, very small lead on the um, reigning champion uh, Monty Westrup from last year. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how that finishes up. But yeah, excellent. Yeah, so seven events, uh, and as you say, very interesting to see how it how it's going to shape up for the rest of this year. We'll be following all of the um, all of the results, and you'll be able to get um, up to date results on how they're going um, as we go, and certainly as we go into North Island Champs um, at the end of the year and. Uh, not end of October, sorry, and then the uh, Wahitapu in in November. Uh, is it early December? Actually, might be early December. Um, then uh, certainly we'll know a little bit more there, and hopefully there's something to play for in those last two tournaments. Um, finally, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, a lockdown and COVID and all that kind of stuff. So it's been an interesting week. Um, Tuesday night, we were all informed that the country would be going into lockdown at midnight on. Tuesday. Um, and since then, there's been a little bit of um, uh, there's been a little bit of communication. Some of it has been different from others uh, in regards to what you can and can't do on a disc golf course. Any any thoughts, Andrew? Yeah, so I guess, um, in my opinion, and I only speak for myself, in a lot of ways uh it's something that as people have come out and a couple said well you can play disc golf but you can't play disc golf with baskets and you can't play it with other people's discs and that's not really disc golf you know it's <laughs> not playing disc golf we can practice yep. disc golf and yep. that means practicing on a basket that's only your basket within your bubble at home and then potentially i think it's all right to go out to a to a field if you're the only one pretty much on the field. You've got to make sure you keep your distance and do some field work, improve that game as much as we all dislike dislike it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. I agree. And, and, and as far as the Sweet Chain Live um, uh, perspective on all of this is, that's essentially what you can do, right? There's there's essentially three things, four things I'm going to, I'm going to add, and the last two are a bit cheeky. But the, you, you, can, you can go out and do field work. You can throw in a field. As long as you or and you're the only one there, um, or there's uh, other people who are in your bubble um, who you can you can go with. Uh, you can do uh, you can practice putting in your backyard, absolutely. And um, uh, shout to Bray Marsden for setting up the uh, lockdown two um, putting league. Uh, so head head over to Facebook and uh, and check out that. Record yourself um, making putts or not making putts, um, and we'll have some results for you um, next week on how all of that is going so uh, that 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 could be quite exciting uh, the final two you can do is to listen to sweet chain life obviously um and you can buy discs uh, which seems to be a very popular um activity um up and down well all over the world really uh, right now given given the uh, the continuing shortage that we that we see but um so um yeah in terms of in terms of disc golf um what was what was interesting was the communications we we've, we've seen a number of different communications come out a lot of clubs have taken the stance of don't go near courses. Um, and then some clubs have said, uh, 
actually you you can, but you can't play with baskets, and as you said, you can't play with other people's discs. And I mean, why bother, right? I mean, it just it just doesn't. And so I, I think that that's that's perhaps given a message that is um, that has kind of muddied the waters a bit. I, I don't want to. I don't want anybody in the disc golf world to be that guy, you know, who uh, who who. Um, who gets disc golf in the news for the wrong reasons. Um, and I, the communications we've had from New Zealand disc golf as well, two in a week, would you believe it? Um, also came out and said, hey, we're in level four. Here's what you can do in terms of exercise. What they didn't mention in their communication, which I thought was uh, was noteworthy, was that uh, they didn't mention at all what you could or couldn't do in relation to disc golf. So it was a very general update on, hey, get some exercise and stay safe and do all these things on the Ministry of Health website. But don't, but they didn't comment at all on don't go to the course, you know, don't play on baskets in, in your, in, in your local park, even if they're within the, the local area, um, which I thought was a, which I thought was a shame because they, they really could have kind of made a stand of, of, of um, uniting the disc golf community across the country and given a very clear one message, if you like, to um, the whole uh, New Zealand disc golf community. Um, over what was allowed and what wasn't, um, which perhaps would have stopped or prevented um, any confusion, which could have, um, which could have, which could have come out of all of this. Anyway, um, fingers crossed. We don't have to deal with it for too much longer, and it's good news tomorrow at one o'clock when we uh, hopefully hear an update. And uh, I really, really hope that um, um, it's a it's a quick exit. It's as quick an exit from the uh, from the from the lockdown as it was an entry, and uh, we can get down to um, Harcourt Park. Um, next week and particularly next weekend um, for Faultline Fury and the other tournaments, which um, take us through to the end of the season. Um, Andrew, anything else uh, further from yourself tonight? No, I think that's it. Just remember everyone um, to stay safe and to be ambassadors of disc golf by not really playing disc golf. You know, as Matt touched on earlier, we don't, you know, we're still the new people on the scene with the new sport on the scene. There's a lot of people that um, already some of the members of the community aren't quite sure what we do and then are therefore opposed to change. And so you don't want to give them any other reason to um, be against this golf. It's an awesome sport totally. to be played with the community when the community can play together and not during lockdown. So stay safe, everyone, and have a good have a good week. I think that's a great way, great way to finish. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. See you next week. Have a good one. Stay safe. Bye.